You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and a wing connoisseur. And I'm Sylvia Obell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. Sylvia, I miss you. <laughs> How's that Cali life? Girl, it's... Tell me. I know you can't even make it sound sad because <laughs> you are having a good time. But we, you know, I've called, you know, I've been through, I've called you, broke down, called you. Enough. Like I, it's, it's been a... It's been really interesting. Not to say anything about LA. Like I've enjoyed it. The weather's lovely. All of those things. I haven't seen a humidity in weeks. It's great. My my baby hair is really thriving. Um, and all of those things. But I apartment hunting is no joke. And I think I mm. really underestimated what it would be like to apartment hunt during a pandemic. Like I already knew, like, COVID-wise, like, a lot of, there's no more, like, walk, just, like, like you know, um, logistically, it's different, right? There's no more walk-ins, like, you kind of have to schedule. You know, I did a lot of virtual tours to narrow down which buildings I would actually go see because you're trying to limit, you know, mask, gloves necessary, photo ID pictures, temperature checks, like, all of these mm-hmm. things, but, like... The pressure of picking a space right now is what I also never thought about, which is, like... This is my first solo apartment, which I'm excited about in that sense. Like, I've always had a roommate of some sort, so I'm very excited to live alone. But I never had to think about an apartment. When I've gone to look at apartments, I've never had to think to myself, I'm going to be here 24-7 most of the time. Like, I'm going to work out of here. I'm going to live out of here. I'm going to eat, sleep, entertain myself here. I have to, like, you're thinking about, like, if the world shuts down fully, fully again, like, second wave hits. This is where I'm at. This is it for me. I'm limited to just this. And I think that's a lot of pressure to put on any space. Like, it's different. It's one thing to end up in the space and just making the best of it because you didn't know it was going to happen. But then now to go and pick a new space in the midst of knowing what I know post, like, COVID, it's completely mm-hmm. changed my mentality because it's just a lot of pressure. And it's like, how do does anybody love any space that much? You know what I mean? To even try to find a space that I love enough to do all of those things um, was just been really hard. And you, you as a perfectionist and yes. me knowing you, I know that you were looking for all of the things. You wanted to check all the boxes right, off. Right, right. So I think that was very stressful for you, especially like your home is supposed to be the place where you let all your problems go at the door. Yeah. Walk in and it's your home. You know what I'm saying? Now this is your home, your workspace, all these other different things. So <laughs> now, now you're the bringing the problems in. the problems. Right, I'm going to say, now you have to bring the problems in the house. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I know that's hard. That has to be super, super hard to do. It's interesting because there's things where there's certain things you can take into account now that you don't have to worry about necessarily going places. Like I, I have more freedom about what neighborhood I can live in. I can look a little bit further out if I wanted to because I don't have to worry about a commute. Mm-hmm. I think for me also, it was a matter of seeing the various ranges of apartments that way at least I won't spend my time in that space thinking I could have found better for me the way I kind of quieted my anxiety Mm. was to see as many variations of an apartment as I could so that I could at least rest in the apartment being like I may have this like super ideal apartment in my head but it don't exist bro not in my price range I've looked I've done the legwork yeah kind of a thing um but then there were also just things that I were on my must list that wouldn't normally be on my must list. Like, I needed an outdoor space. 
non-negotiable yes like i was and yes. thankfully a lot of la buildings that i've been looking at they a lot more complexes here like have pool areas they have courtyards they have rooftops but i also was really trying to achieve my own private personal space like in the form of like a balcony a patio of some sort right and so like i found an apartment with a balcony that i'm very excited about because it's like i need to be able to just sit outside when take a deep breath and not have to worry about getting dressed to go outside or being seen by people and i realized that i am a molly in the sense that i went looking for molly's apartment (laughs) for an insecure because when my new yorkers saw them views the second i took a look downtown and saw those views that you would have to pay like like five thousand like a month in New York to have, and I could get those in my budget in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. It was a wrap for me. I saw yeah. a floor ceiling window and I said, "Who the fuck? Who am I trying to pretend to be? Some b- beach Barbie? I'm not. Give me a skyline, and I would love it. And then Thank also you. to be able to get the skyline and a balcony, being in the midst of a city like that makes me feel less alone. Like if I can just look out of my balcony mm-hmm. and just see. Like, just movement and things like that. Like, it makes me mm-hmm. feel like I'm not in some isolated corner where all I can see are three palm trees and a wall. You know what I mean? Or, like, uh, just, like, a little mm-hmm. area. Like, I, I feel like I'm out in the world in a weird way, but in my own piece of it. So, like, I can be safe and mm-hmm. COVID safe, but also one step out my ba- up to my balcony and I can see across downtown. And I can't wait... Follow me on Instagram if you want to see this view because it's going to get posted sometime within the next two weeks. <laughs> I'm excited. Something so open, I need. Yeah. It makes me breathe. It, it I breathe different mm. even when I take in the view because like I get the other views. The other views are really cool. But <laughs> for me, it's the it is the movement. It is watching the sky. It is like, yeah. you know, noticing the that there is life outside of me you know what i'm saying and watching that and watching it like you said in your personal space i love that about the only thing that i didn't know that i needed was a balcony and that was after quarantine after quarantine i was like i need a balcony yeah i need a balcony i can't i need air i need to actually (gasps) breathe the air outside (laughs) deep breath right somewhere nigga please (laughs) right when we were like locked on lockdown and we weren't allowed to even come outside that was even like Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was still up for debate. I was like, I need to breathe air, like crisp air. I'm going right. to lose it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I do know and I do understand that feeling. Like, I'm so happy you got your place. It's signed. The lease is here. I'm so excited. And I understand, like, the next thing that you have to do is interior design. Yes, I can't that. wait. I'm so excited. You can't wait. You can't wait because what I'm saying is <laughs> you will have to look at this shit every day. And I am realizing, Sylvia, that I loved my place. Like, I love how it's designed. And it's I, very like, cute. You got it styled it's hand so down. Cute. It's the best. I painted a wall. There's walls that are painted. There's an accent wall. There's all of that. I want none of it now. Oh, no. Now I want to redo everything <laughs> because I've spent so much time in here and I had to ask my like fellow Libras since, you know, we're super indecisive and we want we like change. We want to change shit and we want to like, you know, we we don't want to get bored. And I feel like I'm getting bored with this apartment. And although the Florida ce- ceiling windows are it and I love it and I love this apartment, I just have to redo a few things. I think I have to redecorate. 
And I spent a lot of money. You saw what to say. Wait, so wait, how long has it been? I feel like, has it been a year? At least has it been a full year of how it's been decorated yet? No. Damn. No, no, no. That's the winter. The winter. I know. So wait, what do you want? Do you want to redecorate all of it? Tell me, because I also am thinking when I'm making these decisions, because I'm a minimalist by nature. I have been thinking about Mm -hmm. like an accent wall in like the bedroom and then maybe one in the living room. But I'm also concerned about what color do I like to have to look at for that long. I, you know, I like a clean, a white wall. If you can change up the art on it. I usually do a pop of color in my furniture. So like I know a lot of people have like gray couches or like neutral tech. I have like a blue couch and a blue bed mm-hmm. and then my walls are white but the pop of color is like my furniture, you know what I mean? Kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. do you feel like you're you you're you want to change up the entire style? Like you want to go from like a modern whatever to like a bohemian look or do you just want to change up the colors on the wall, the furniture like what do I you want to change? I think I want to change the furniture. I want to change the colors of the wall. I love green. Like, I have green right now. And I think I'm going to stick to that. But I haven't even really fleshed out what I want. I just know <laughs> when I walk into my apartment, I'm like, this same old shit. I want to change something. So I think I'm going to move some things around. Yeah, maybe um, fun. I think I want a new couch. Out. You want a new couch? Yeah. Your couch looks so comfy. I love my couch. I love it, but I am just sick of it. I think I just need to go somewhere and miss my place a little bit mm. and then like come back to it. But like I, I, I'm just ready for something different. Or maybe I just need to clean my house. What is it? Clean your house first Either and then or. see if you want to redecorate right. still. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just start. Because I love my Papa San chair. That's not going nowhere. My Papa San chair ain't going nowhere. But yeah, I, I, I think it's, I'm going to look into like switching small things. Okay. Well, how would you describe your style? Sylvia, my style is, bitch, if I like it, it's going right there. <laughs> That's my style. Okay. If there's no... <laughs> There's no like I don't know niggas be like she's bohemian with a mix of modern and, and traditional you know, yeah, yeah. These things are. bitch if it's cute and I like it it's, your it's taste. gonna go it's up on the wall you know what I'm saying right it's whatever and I'm super impulsive that's my problem mm. I'll buy a bunch of shit I buy a bunch of shit put it up and I'm like this makes no sense but I like it you know what I'm saying I'm somebody who I'm very calculated with my decisions I'm not impulsive at all so I'm very much just kind of like okay, I'm going to get these pieces and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to think about it for a week. Okay, what color would I like to envision here? What nightstand would I see here? What would work here? Like, I need to be in the space and live in it as I figure it out. I can't make all of the decisions and boom, I'm living in like a oh, no, finished apartment. Yeah, no, no, no. And I don't even I like, do my mom does that. Like, she's like, she gets to sit together. Yeah. She just knows what she that's wants. Fire. And I'm like, I need some time to think about it. I'm a little bit of a slower mover here in that sense. I just wanted the apartment to make sure that like it embodies me. Like yeah. everything... You know, the vinyls on the wall, that's probably not going anywhere because music is my life. And, you know, uh, the Black Panther newspaper isn't going nowhere. I had it framed. So all these black artifacts and stuff like that, like those aren't going anywhere. I'm going to keep those things there. It's just the paint. I think the paint is my problem. I'm (laughs) almost sure. But I don't have a set like I'm a, one day I'm going to give like the full tour of my place and then mm. you can tell me what the fuck it is. 
Although, yes, I know. You're like, how y'all real friends and you ain't never been to Diani house? Because I live in Jersey, guys. Sylvia ain't coming to no motherfucking Yo, Jersey. Diani lives. But the, the, she lives in Newark. And the thing is, is that I, um, she's, my house was where we went. Like, you know, everybody, and every friendship is like the house where it's the home base. We were right, friends because she was right. always at my house in Brooklyn. Like, always at Always the at the Brooklyn spot. And then, you know, she got a right. man. And you know what happens when your friends get mad? You, they, you stop going over and coming over because <laughs> niggas be naked in the crib. <laughs> Only, only when niggas get mad and I'm like, I need to go to Sylvia's right, house and so disappear. That's the real reason why I've never been to Scotty's apartment for one day. Shut up. It's going to be cute, y'all. Just stand with me while a little bit. Hold on. We're going to see. But I, because I'm like being a fake decor, dec- interior designer. Because I'm like, Scotty, I'm going to do this shit myself. I ain't paying nobody to design my space. Shout out to Black Market Vintage. Also, shout out to Black Market Vintage. I just got the I just got the I just got the balcony in the sky. Give me a second, y'all. Maybe the next iteration I can afford you. <laughs> I am at my limit. <laughs> but I am excited to give it my best shot. The way I prep is by the, our favorite show, new show that we binge all the time. I just watched Ooh, a lot of selling yeah, sunset and real, selling sunset and real estate shows to get inspiration it. from the experts that way. That's the that's the poor man's interior design. You watch shows where people have like stages and stuff, and you be like, "Oh, I like that. I like that." Pause. Yep. I'm gonna do that because I can't afford to have somebody come do this for me. But I want to get into right. selling sunset because the blacks have found and discovered it, and I'm so glad mm-hmm. that I have a company finally because secretly I've been watching. <laughs> You know, because I was embarrassed to watch something so white. But when I saw that people were tweeting about it, I said, here we are. Okay, finally, I have found my group, my tribe. <laughs> this might be the one sh- white show in history, minus The Office. The one white show. That Scotty beat me to watching. This is the first time the where the, she was on the other foot. I came across it where I think a lot of us did during quarantine, like bored during quarantine. And if I find something that's a guilty pleasure to make myself feel better about it, I'm going to make as many black folks as I know also join me in my misery slash delight <laughs> of watching this show. I am putting it on in people's homes. I can't, I went to like I, when I left Brooklyn and went to my mom's house. I watched I binge watched the whole series with my mom and my sister. Then I came here Good. to my friend Kelly's house where I've been staying. Made her watch it. Hooked her on it. Like it's just been mm-hmm. one person after the other that I'm like you are going to watch the show. And I'm going to rewatch it with you every time mm-hmm. because a it's coming from the makers of my other favorite white reality show, The Hills. Adam um, DeVillo, I believe is the, the producer's name. And I could tell, because the second I saw the first episode, I said, this feels familiar just the way it's shot, like cinematography-wise. And I saw it was the same mm. producer as now. Like, ah, oh, that's why. I thought why. it was just white. No. You thought that's the style. The style. I thought that was the style. Whiteness and Cali. IG model filter. <laughs> I hate you. I really thought that was a filter. I was like, oh, that must be the that whole thing. That must be thing. one of the Kardashian I, filter. Yes, I like it. I see yes, it. No, yes, Laguna um, Beach filter. But this show really is like The Hills meets Million Dollar Listing meets Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Shout out to Taylor Crumpton, who has been comparing it to Hip Hop, I mean, to Love and Hip Hop Atlanta in the best way. But Scotty, yes. these girls, because here's the thing. Here's why we love it. It's messy, but then like just the second you will get bored about the white girl drama, you have the real estate that keeps you. So it's either it's like the expensive real estate that I want to look at or the drama. And when I get tired of one, the other one holds me. And watching white women fight is a right. lot less emotional labor for me than watching black women fight. Because I'm not attached to anybody. I don't really care. No trauma at all. <laughs> I am living through no trauma. I am enjoying 
them yell at each other. I have nothing to <laughs> like. I have nothing to give these girls. And it's like they just do and it I can to just themselves. Watch and feel guilt free and not it. take it personal. But what I will say is, some of these bitches do piss me off though. Because that Davina, that motherfucking Davina. What is the reason? Ooh, Davina. She got an evil face, though. Like, what she is the reason? Why are you even here? I'm like, who invited What is the reason? Why are you even here? <laughs> because if you're going to be a villain, at least be a charismatic villain like Christine. Facts. Like, at least like, Christine why are you still will give me here? a ponytail and, like, a, a laugh. <laughs> I low-key want to know who her braider is in L.A. Because them friends, <laughs> like, I said. I said, the white girl's got some tight Right. I was a little pissed. I was like, damn, like I don't she's like coming each, the fuck through. With each episode her hair just gets longer and longer. It's like it just like she just keeps adding to it. I'm just in the conspicuous way that white women do. I love it. I could talk about Divina all day. She is the devil. She is boring. Every time I she see her, is I think boring. of mean girls like she Get don't even go here. Show. She don't even go here. She doesn't even go here. Stop. Does she have a desk? Does she have a desk? <laughs> when they at selling her sunset, the desk is when the black confused. girl came on. When Ashley right. came, when when uh, Ashley came, yes, homegirl, homegirl <laughs> came, and I ain't never seen Davina come in for a nine to five shift yet. So I, I am so sick of her. I just want her to go. Her and that seventy-eight million dollar house that she's, that she's never, never going to fucking sell. sell. Christine you make was no lying money. to Get you out. out of pity or what? Right. I don't know. Right. But it was a lie, and for <laughs> you to sit there with your chapped lips and come to Christelle at Christine's wedding. Christelle was already mm. at somebody's wedding a mere weeks after being left by her husband via text message, and Christelle you want to talk about the divorce at your at your supposed good girlfriend's wedding? Why would you even want to ruin your friend's wedding like that? I hope she does not pop back up next season, even though i'm sure she will because we all hate her and they want us to keep mm, hating yes, her yes and thank you also selling sunset for ruining any chance i ever would have given kevin because i already didn't he was already my least it's favorite triplet on this is us and now that i've seen how he's done chrishell in real life i'm having a hard so time separating the two so there's that but it's crazy <laughs> yeah i'll never see him the same ever <laughs> it's quiet for that I love it. And I'm so here for the drama. And I can't believe I got hooked onto this white chaos, this Caucasian chaos that is selling Sunset. And if you're really into audacity, just like me, <laughs> the audacity of anything, the just, audacity just watch of, it. The audacity of white women is the tagline. Right. The audacity of white women. The audacity of you sitting there thinking that one of these houses are yours. I'm into audacity. So please watch it. Check it out. Yes. In the spirit of binging, I want to keep the conversation going with two shows that all of Black Twitter is currently binging, Moesha and The Game. I'm so glad both of these shows are on Netflix because I too have been unable to stop watching and cringing and laughing at all the moments I used to think were romantic but are actually trash or I used to think were funny and now I'm like, meh. But a lot of them are actually still funny too, so I really am excited to get into like all of our takes on these um, shows. I know. These takes online for these two shows are insane. They're wild. And I really want to talk about some of them and see if we're being a little too harsh on these shows that lived in such a different time mm, in the world. Yes, I'm ready. And to join us for this convo, we have Josh Gwynn and Tracy Clayton, hosts of the new podcast, Back Issue, where they talk about all the crucial cultural moments. Welcome, y'all. Hey, hey. Yay! Hey! Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have y'all here. 
So let's dive right in. Okay, let's talk about Moesha first. Mo to the... You know, there was tweets. Mo to the... E to the... E to the... Moesha. Yeah. (laughs) So let's first talk about... There were tweets talking about Moesha's dad, Mm. Frank Mitchell. We knew Frank was going to be a figure. I knew the second they said Moesha was coming, that I said Black Twitter is going to eat Frank up. They gonna eat him. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Mitchell does not stand a chance. Does not did not stand a chance. Well, see, me as somebody who doesn't have a father didn't know that this was bad father stuff. So, so I was looking like, damn, this is that's crazy. You know, I know I mean, that. I, I mean, it's a good point because right. I mean, like, I think we gave, especially in the '90s, with Frank a lot of grace because it was like respectability politics were different. We were all a bit more in tow about the idea of like. No, I don't want my daughter that they, I didn't, you know, I didn't buy this house in Lamar Park for her to date some thug from the Queens or wherever Q was from, or like how he used to be like, you know, you, you, he was just very strict, you know what I mean? And he was very like invasive and like what privacy, um, I think one of the biggest tweets and I, one of the biggest, um, moments from the show that I think a lot of people first reacted to was when Frank like was reading Moesha's diary and everybody was like, what mm. kind of parent doesn't give their child privacy? And I'm like, black parents? I don't know. <laughs> right? Yes. I wasn't allowed to close my door all the way in my house. So I don't even know what that's like. Like, my mom went right. through my diary one time and she was very hurt. I was like, don't go looking for shit. Like, why would you go look for shit? You know it's going to hurt you. It's kind of like looking through your boyfriend's text messages. Mm. Like, you know what you're going to see. You're going to mm. see some shit. But I didn't think that was that bad. That was a red flag. Well, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a little invasive. D checked him. I think D was a nice balance to Frank. She would be trying to be like, yeah. I think it's very trying. progressive thinking, though. I think Frank mm. was very old school black parent, and I don't. I mean, you know, he's a cat daddy type yeah. kind of dude. You know, Tracy, a cat daddy expert, is here with us today. So I'll um, I just love that I am recognized as the cat daddy expert. Thank I, you for seeing me. All of my qualifications. I just feel like I don't have a friend who talks about cat daddies more than you. So um. I mean, you know, there was an episode of Living Single where they went to the club and Max was like, if there's a man with a gold tooth, he's going to find me. <laughs> Max is me with cat daddy. They find Tracy. So if I walk in a room and it's a Frank in there somewhere, he gonna roll up like, hey, sweet thing, you wanna read my daughter's diary with me? And I'm gonna be like, no. Well, maybe for a little while, but then I gotta go. Okay, so both on this, so we're kind of eh about Frank reading the diary because black parents, but how do you guys feel about how he reacted to Q and making Moesha leave Crenshaw High and go with the whites to the private school because he was afraid his daughter was... I don't know, becoming too street? Like, I'm not sure what the concern was. Coming too fast? Falling in with the wrong crowd, I believe is how they say it. It also was, like, a really stupid solution. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you think that your daughter's right. about to have sex with some boy that you don't want her to, like, send her to another school where there's other boys, mm. like, that just didn't make sense to me. But I, I think that, like... It's also like we had a different relationship to what we call like helicopter parenting. Mm. Like the idea mm. of like parents being on you like 24 7. Like that was something in the 90s that was seen as like, you know, commendable. Like, a good yeah. thing. Commendable. Yeah. Respectable. And like when we're looking back at it, we're like, damn, can she breathe? Like we we right. we've been you know? more about our freedom uh these days than we used to be. And our parents are like, bitch, what, what's freedom? Like we we never be, what's free? <laughs> right. Not, Not in, in my, my house. house. 
Not where I, the door I pay for, not me. I think that hits on something else that is important to remember when you are like consuming nostalgia through today's lens. Is that like everything, everything that humans do has a function, right? In society, whether it's good, whether it's bad, who's who's to say? Mm -hmm. But God. But everything has a function. Like we don't do things because they don't do things and like back then this whole scenario had mm. a function but um i feel like we were kind of still on this way from the 80s where like respectability was like a way to stay mm-hmm. alive in the streets because like you had crack and all this other stuff and like the only images of black people are on the news and like everything is terrible and they just like y'all we have to like try to turn yeah. things around some kind of way so like yeah it sucks and it um silenced and discounted a whole lot of people but I think back then, like, the the goal was to just, like, stay alive mm-hmm. so that you can yeah. complain about other stuff. It's a, and that's real. Which, Survival. Also, yeah. And it also goes back, back to just, like, the way that parents, like, demand obedience from their children so vigorously, mm. I think. Because it's like, if this is, like, the 30s, 40s or whatever, and you go outside and you act a fool, you could die. Yeah. So when we get in the mm-hmm. store, don't touch nothing, don't lick at nobody, don't do nothing, because you never know. Mm. I didn't realize how great D was until I watched it this time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, you know what? I would like a spinoff. <laughs> she was like, always trying. She was trying. About she was always I didn't trying. like her as a kid, but that she was like, was. actually, Deke was cool. Like, she was a school. I thought I had to hate her because she was right. a stepmom. So mm-hmm. I was right. like, yeah, Moesha, hate her. But then, like... <laughs> As I'm watching as a grown up, I'm like, yo, D did everything right. Like, D is actually D very reasonable. Very reasonable. <laughs> I remember there was a, a, an episode where D feels like she wants the house to reflect her, too. Oh, I right? like should lives do, in this we house, should do a fit. And she wants, and, and so she, they have a yard sale, and there's, there's selling couches and all these knickknacks from around the house, and Moesha takes it hard and she's like mm. i know you didn't think that i would let you get a, like uh sell my mother's memory away and Ooh. you can as like as an adult watching it like you're you can see all the sides like you can it, it is fair for her to yeah. want to be present yeah. in her yes. in her marriage yeah and yes. what it's i always on both ends. appreciated about d was that she was sensitive enough to moesha for ha- for having lost her mother to like mm-hmm ride that line when she could have gone a lot harder I think yeah mm. I think I think that what's happening here is that we have aged out of Moesha and we are all now D or, <laughs> <laughs> like we are closer to the D chapter of our life we realizing look look at all of us are single mm. and, and you know in our third, third Josh I don't know how old you are I know Sky's about to be 30 like me I'm waiting for her to go and cross over Tracy I know you up in here with us mm-hmm. like I realizing that the chances of me being somebody's stepmama are getting increasing by I the year. I will say something though. <laughs> I was like, as as I've grown up and I've started to see, like, oh, okay, like D D's playing it right. I do still side with Moesha in the Saturn debate with Frank. Like, she said that she was going to get a job and pay for it herself. Why does she have to take a car that doesn't represent Thank her? You. If she already mm. has an idea of who she wants to be and what kind of car she wants. Well, let's get into please. Let's talk. Let's get it. into let's get into the Jeep debate because Twitter really had a stronger reaction hard. to the Jeep than they I expected. Right. They, they <laughs> right. spoil. Now, granted, we are in a recession. You know, there's a lot happening pandemic. Maybe we're all a little bit sensitive to somebody like throwing away expensive mm-hmm. gifts. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I definitely like, but I do think that like you said, it's her choice, her agency. Now, would I have done that? <laughs> no. 
But you guys maybe can talk, speak to understanding. I don't know if I would have done that, but I understand, I understand. it. <laughs> because right, right. let me break it down. Let me break it down. So okay, Frank owns a Saturn dealership, right? They have to have some sort mm-hmm. of 30-day return policy. They have to, at least for him, right? So, <laughs> why don't you keep your receipt? <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's not like what, the vibe that I got from the episode wasn't like a super sweet 16. This isn't the color of an Escalade that I want, like type of energy. What That's I what got I was, gonna say. was yeah. thank you for this gift. <laughs> I have this in plan for my life and what I envision my 16th year to be or whatever. Um, and I'm going to work hard to make it happen. What's wrong with that? Is that not like the good values that Frank always talks RT, about? That sounds RT, like a fair RT, argument. <laughs> <laughs> I think what was hard to swallow was the level of privilege that goes yes. down with that, being able yes. to say that sentence. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that's the hard part. It's a level of privilege. Like, it ha- you, your level of suburban, middle, upper middle class to be able to mm-hmm. turn down a car your family, your father got you that was going to be no strings attached, paid for it, to be like, no, I'm going to opt to struggle. Right. Yeah. And I think right. people who have no choice yeah. about struggling or not have a hard time when people choose it. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, like, attention. I don't understand. But this is another thing of, like, your parent, of like, your father or whoever not listening to you. She's been saying that she right. wanted a Jeep forever since mm. the time since it started so of course she made it very clear that yes i will work for this i will do this but this is what i want Mm -hmm. now if you can't Mm -hmm. meet up with what i want no problem (laughs) i will get it myself but this is just you not listening to me i told you and she was intentional with it she made it Mm -hmm. very clear so i think it was you know again i know it's suburban stuff that's kind of messed up fuck moesha for that that's crazy but she was very (laughs) very clear and intentional with you know, her actions what she and wants. what she wants. Yeah. What she yeah. wants. You know what I'm saying? Okay. One last Moesha topic that we must hit mm. because it tw- the Twitter, <laughs> it, it hurt because, and I have to admit, because as somebody who saw myself in Moesha as a size 16 girl, mm. seeing what happened to Kim oh. and Countess Vaughn mm. on this show in retrospect. It's bad. I said, nah. I said, oh. The fact that, like, I think people didn't, people had such a big reaction to it, I think says so much about how much fat phobia was baked into the culture. That, exactly. Yeah, like, it was just what we knew. That is that. Nothing. It was the same. It was what you did. (laughs) And so, like, the fact that we can, like, look back and be like, whoa, this doesn't feel the same, Mm -hmm. um, I think says a lot about how we've progressed as a culture. Not to say that those things are gone, but, like, at least now, people look at it and say, this is wrong. Because it was so (sighs) much more normal then. Like, I haven't rewatched Moesha yet, and then, like, when I saw the tweets, I was just like, like, it stands to reason, like, of course this would have been like the butt of a joke 2020 meeting yeah but like back then i'm just like oh i i guess that did happen yeah that's, fuck, that's fucked up you know because like it's not a thing yeah. that like was on my radar at all because it wasn't a thing that was on society's radar there was no twitter there was no like body acceptance movement so it's just like ah ha, ha, none ha, ha, ha. that's you know i think up. what i yeah what i loved what i loved was seeing that like this because to me it, it was two things right because it was typical like lunchtime fodder that was happening mm-hmm. i do think to that extent i do think the harshness that i feel like may exist and how twitter was reacting to judging moesha and friends is that like my all of our friends did this to us mm-hmm. like as the kim and my friend group like 
this is what we went through in middle school and high school. But here's also what I love is like, this is a reminder of how far we've come because there's a lot of people who love to act like the body positivity movement or whatever else is just exaggerated Mm -hmm. or unnecessary or like don't understand what the issue was or why are women insecure and I don't understand, love yourself. And it's like moments like this is something to look like and be like, this is what I grew up with, bruh. This is why I'm insecure. Like, let's look at ourselves. It was like we held a mirror up and I think we didn't like what we saw when we looked back at what our high school lunchrooms used to look like. But like, that's not on Moesha and Hakeem and them Mm -hmm. because your local Moesha and Hakeem in every classroom was doing that shit. I think part of that is that like once you age out of the um, the lifestyle of like whatever like the protagonist that you identify with right once you get older than that yeah. person then like you look back and you're just like oh wow we was both trash I it's think, like looking maybe. at a yearbook you're like wow exactly. did I yeah. really do that <laughs> who is that <laughs> You don't see it the same way. I never yeah. knew how it's much true. like teenagers annoy me too. I was like, damn, was I really that annoying? <laughs> so I, I knew because when I was everybody. a teenager, I annoyed myself. Wow. Listen, man. <laughs> petty. I was like, I'm petty now. I could just imagine oh. how annoying my pettiness was. We were back all off. I think school. I would be very like, apologies mm, to everyone. We were. We and that's why we owe our parents all that we For give them. For real. Facts. <laughs> because Seriously. I said, I know I was annoying, child facts. boy. Well, but speaking of trash people, oh, Lord. the game is that's also insane. on Netflix. <laughs> and the binge, as somebody who was a big fan of this girlfriend spinoff called The Game, mm. you know, I was happy to see my girl Tia back in the say, giving herself a new existence outside of Sister Sister and all of that. But... Melanie and Derwin was a couple that I, I was like maybe like 17, 18, 19 when the game was on, like the three seasons that are on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that it was so romantic that Melanie and Derwin's love overcame all the obstacles and like made it. That's what they want you to think, girl. That's what they do to you. And now at 30, (laughs) I'm like... Melody, when Mel, when when Derwin cheated with Drew Sedora, and I also forgot how much of a drawn out affair that was versus like just one kiss is how I remembered it. Like when I saw that, and then Trey Wiggs was there to rescue Melanie, help her get her stuff, put her in a condo, get her a car, and then she turned this nigga down, and because she still loved Derwin, mm. cheating ass, it hurt. It, it hurt me. Wait, is this a is this a safe space? This is a safe space, Josh. Please say it. Say it. I I don't know a lot about the game except <laughs> Tasha Mack singing "Take a Bow." How about a I round know that. of applause? The most cringiest for and me. And that white man in the back. <laughs> Please. Right. The real winner in this show is my girl Tasha the fuck Mac. Okay, she always. It don't get no better. It don't really get any better, <laughs> and she has Rick. A character. Rick as her yes. damn... Rick! Like, Rick Fox! Fox. I'm Rick Fox. <laughs> Rick! Wait, Rick Fox? Yes, Rick You gotta make the hand movements when you do show. it. You hear me? Tasha, mm. Tasha was funny. That's who she sang. Josh, that's who she sang Take a Bow Over. Because only now a I nigga get like it. Rick Fox would make you, make you break out in the song. Circle. I would have been in now. doing choreography <laughs> and everything. Flash mobs and shit. <laughs> a round of applause, nigga. Ooh. It makes sense when you see the man behind the song, child. Mm. I, too, would only know what to do but sing Take a Brianna randomly. Right. Um, That is the iconic song. But no, she, yes, Scotty. No, no, Tasha's just please. that girl. And, you know... I don't know if we really gave her the flowers back then when we watched the game. I don't think we, we were did. really mm. 
in just in love with the whole Derwin and Mel- Melanie thing um, that we didn't get a chance right. to really take in how great Tasha was as a character and mm-hmm. how, you know, the greatness of Wendy Raquel Robinson, like the actual actress like she's an mm-hmm. actor yeah you know what i'm saying and i'm sure <laughs> most of true. yeah most of like these scenes i know she improvised i'm uh, for a fact most of the things were, weren't oh, yeah, were... written i'm pretty sure that she wrote her own script and mm. I, I she made that character hers and i loved it for her and like watching it over i was like tasha is a she is that girl like i okay, enjoyed her okay. and i saw myself in tasha she's too. hilarious I saw myself. Yeah, I love that. I grew up and became Tasha. I'm glad you brought that up. Because everything was black for her. <laughs> everything. Everything you was black. You did not have issue. an NFL. You did not have a child in the NFL. No, but it was but. her making everything a black <laughs> issue. Like, because I'm black. She was, oh, she yeah. Was, wait. <laughs> right. Shasha was black Twitter before there was Facts. black Twitter. She was walking black Twitter before there was. Because she was a meme. She was a gift. She was a, she will read she you. Would. She's a thread. She but I'm glad you shouted out Wendy because Wendy did go from playing the most bougiest character on the Steve Harvey yes, show. Yes, Steve Harvey show. Principal uh, Regina to mm. playing hood ass, ta- bougie ass range, Tasha range, Mack. The range. range. The range. The range that is Piggy. The range is so, I love her. I, I love her. So, the game is on Netflix. Moesha's been on Netflix. Next up, coming up this week, by the time this episode drops, it will be on people's Netflix queue, is Sister, Sister. Sister, Sister. And Sister, <laughs> Sister. And I never knew how I'm going to be with you. See, you sing the other. I sing the grown up one. I sing the. Yeah. They, when they did I it themselves. Got my own mind. I do my own time. In my own time. Come on, body roll. <laughs> now everybody see how different we I have to be. Remember when that was like, wow, yes. wow. 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 Hey. Wow. 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 But a pop, a bop. Now that we sung the theme, a bop, a bibbity bop, a bop to this day. I used to love when they would sing on that show. I do. I'm about to say Tia and Tamara were like, y'all gonna know that we can sing some R and B. We ain't get to make it as singers, but we got this here show, and we gonna sing at these talent shows and at these things. But sh- shout out for Tia, Mar- shout out to Tia for hitting us with a back to back. What a flex, yes. also. But my legacy. I want to know if we can get ahead of what do we think, if anything, Black Twitter is going to have to complain about Sister Sister. Tracy, Tracy I got go ahead. Somebody, because you know that they started off natural and then they straightened their hair at some point. Somebody. Oh. Hotel Twitter will rise We're not going to act like we all wasn't straightening our hair. <laughs> They're going to do it. Somebody will. They're going to be like, see, this is the problem with 90s uh, media. You got these queens, then they straighten their hair. Not. Shut up. Yo, Shut up. I hope you, not. You know what I think they're going to say? What? I think they're going to realize that Ray was a Republican. Oh, A Trump shit. supporter. He I didn't even know Republican. that. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm worried for the man who played Ray in this account. Oh, no. He was an alpha and a Republican. Like, what? I didn't Dang. know that. Okay, well, well that no, makes sorry, sense. I, because uh, yeah, I mean, he, like, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, he was. What? So here's the thing. Like, we we going to hope, we're going to hope that Ray is one of those, like, fiscally conservative Republicans who once, but not down for the racistness of it. Was he a small business he owner? might. Yeah, like Ray was like, you know, he was Jack and Jill type mm-hmm. black and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But Shout I do think that 
I would hope that Ray, <laughs> I would hope that Ray would have come to his senses, of, you know, because of Obama and things. But I can see how he would have been one of those people who had to be like, damn, it's going to be the first time I voted Democrat in years. <laughs> as, as the daughter Yikes. of a black Republican man, I would like to exit this conversation. Oh, it's just really triggering. <laughs> well, I'm the grand I'm the granddaughter he, he of one, so you, there's that. Scotty, I'm gonna say Scotty told her her granddaddy. The yeah, other I day. exposed my whole grandfather <laughs> on this podcast, so wow. <laughs> she did. There's that. I think that somebody is gonna be like uh, when they notice how annoying and pestering Roger is. They're gonna be like, Roger really had some boundary issues. Yes. Like, <laughs> like wow, he's just gonna stalk her till she loves him. Like on Family Matters, apparently so. That's how, that's how it works. Oh yeah, the stalkers, the stalker <laughs> yeah. storyline is not gonna fly. It's, it's not, I don't think it's um, at all. Mm. Probably. Mm, mm, mm. Especially since Marcus Houston just married a nineteen-year-old. Oh, girl! So there's that in real life. So yeah, that's definitely going to be a a topic of conversation. But I'm excited to see like all the like the stars that we know now, like back then, because you know so many people had like walk-on roles. Like I know that Taraji was like one of her first jobs. Taraji Mm -hmm. Benson. I know that like mm-hmm. Brittany Murphy, rest in peace. It's like she oh, was yeah. on that show. She was like the best friend. I love Brittany Murphy so oh, much. Yeah. I, I also remember all the musical guest stars like um, fucking um, Brian McKnight mm-hmm. plays right. the professor that Tia he falls said in love with. Everybody sitcom. He said, "Y'all need something." Y'all call me saying. Yeah, no. What was that? Oh no! I remember John B. John B. was like their prom singer or whatever, and like next, next had appearance on there too because Too Close was the song during the season. One song, but yes, I'm excited for the '90s nostalgia. Bianca Lawson was on it. Like so many. Sherman Hemsley. Uh, um, Tino Knowles' husband, Richard Lawson, plays Lisa's Lisa's boo. Plays Lisa's boo. On the show, yeah. so yeah, it's gonna I'm be excited. a good stuff. I'm excited. I don't remember too. anything from Sister Sister, so I'm so excited. To see. <laughs> it's gonna be like you're watching the show from scratch. <laughs> Tracy, Josh, thank you guys so much for joining thank us in this conversation. It was, it was fun, fun to do these flashbacks yeah. with you. I love your takes. Your takes are great. Uh, well, please bring your takes to our place sometime. We're coming. Bars. Bring your we takes to We're coming to back island. issue, child. We're going we gonna to come to back issue. It's going to become the black issue that day. That's why I keep calling it in my mind. Because I'm like, cause I, keep know how, I know how black this show about to be. for y- I'm excited mm. for y'all to hit us during different <laughs> time period pieces. So let us know. All right. Now is the time we put y'all onto things we enjoy in hopes that you can enjoy it too. Sylvia. What are you recommending this week? You know what we have going on right now, okay? There yes. is a battle that is about to happen. We are very excited. And by the time you're listening to this, it would have already happened, and Brandy will be taking this win. Go ahead, Sylvia. <laughs> I, uh, I, too, am Team Brandy in this versus. I am very excited. But for putting you on in honor of the celebration that is Monica and Brandy coming together to give us this cultural moment that we honestly deserve as considering what we have had to go through in 2020 as the blacks in general, we deserve this moment. Um, <laughs> the blacks. Like we just lost with the Black Panther. Like the least we can yeah, do true. is just have a piece of joy. Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. That's true. And mm-hmm. in honor of that, we want to share some of our, I'm going to recommend some of my favorite B-sides, whatever you want to call it, from both of these artists. Because while we all know the hits, I want to put y'all on to the Brandy song 
that is he is from her full moon album now real fans are gonna be like "Mm," like people know that song but I feel like when I say he is like that, the general consumption public does not know Brandy's he is, and to me, it's a it's a tragedy. It's a love song. It's like um, she basically like listening off like he is like the lover, my king and my friend, lover the one Vocals. he is, he is. Like I'm not even gonna you know, but like aside from Never Say Never, Full Moon is my favorite Brandy album. It's my favorite Brandy album, and I I would like to put y'all back on to Full Moon if it's been a while since you've listened to it. I love it so much. <laughs> now, Monica, Monica got bippity bops. Bippity, she does have bippity boppity booze. Boppity. <laughs> Hello. So I'm gonna take it back to first night. I should make a move, but I don't. The judgmental song about her having sex on the first night, how she's not going to have sex because oh, that's going to make him R&B. wait for it. Yeah, <laughs> make him wait for it. And he's going to stay around for it. Meanwhile, he fucking somebody else and waiting for you to come around. But listen, the journey to walk Monica was no long clue. and it was paved by by Brandy and Monica and Destiny's Child and TLC and a lot of girl groups that sang respectability R&B every now and then. And that's and that's adorable. <laughs> and it was cute. Um, but listening to it now, it makes me giggle because it's like, girl, you was you was waiting for him to do what now? And so, you know, if you want to have sex with him, go ahead. But she was fighting it because she don't get down on the first night. Got it, sis. But the song is a bop. Also, after the storm, Monica. Oh, when like, she, that's when she was, was giving your it. auntie with her with a man in prison Ooh. love songs. You should have known but better than me. to think I would leave. Ride or die. You remember when her young when she went to go for the young buck in prison? What was it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the video. Yes, that was it. <laughs> Don't matter if yo. Yes, I loved after the storm. <laughs> yes. All right, and that's it, and we're done. All right, that's our show. Thank you. <laughs> all for tuning in our show is a production of pineapple street studios in partnership with netflix and strong black lead shout out to our team executive producers are agaranish ashagre and jasmine lawson our lead producer is jess jupiter and our music is by amanda jones special thanks to max linsky and jenna weiss make sure you share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag okay now listen also we love talking to you guys over twitter also, follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead and follow us too. I'm at Sylvia Obell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed.